Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this, talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Welcome back to another episode of Trend Lightly. Brian, hey, we're Malls. recording this a little bit early because you're going on a little bit of a vacay. Yes, I'm going south of the border. So thank you for adjusting the schedule a little bit. Hopefully nothing pops over the weekend that we were going to miss out on because we recorded a little bit early. Well, so this you know podcast exists because, well, it exists for a lot of reasons. One, because we wanted to do a podcast together, but... I wanted to launch this specifically, I think, was it February 26th? That was the original date for That's right. the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight. That's right. And I love my YouTube boxing. Oh, me too. It's, I, it's so dumb. It's so idiocracy, but I, I still watch every single one of them. Yeah, so we're not going to be able to finally like this the fight i guess is sunday night which is great because i have that baby shower in san clemente tomorrow yes i was so worried i realized oh fuck am i gonna miss out on my fight no the fight is on sunday that's a weird night to have it don't you think sunday night am i wrong no no it's no June i th- 5th. oh it's you fifth oh yeah that's tomorrow no i thought it was this now now you got me wondering I, I thought know, I remember it right? being Yeah. It is. I mean, I don't know. Last time I saw these two guys together, it seemed like they were going to kiss. They did like some sort of yeah. press conference this week, maybe in honor of Pride Month, do you think? Uh, yeah. I don't. I mean, they're really trying to sell the fight, and it's Logan is pretty smart to use Jake kind of as his proxy to be the asshole because Jake is an asshole. That's his character. No, it is Sunday night. You're right. 8 p.m. Logan's Eastern. Like, uh, Logan's like Slender Man. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, He's going to use Jake as his proxy. It's Yeah, it's pretty smart. And because Logan, you know, he wants bigger things for himself. So he wants to seem like a good guy. He's shook from the whole suicide forest thing. His The low point for him. And... He, you know, he doesn't want to have to be a dick and you kind of have to be an asshole to sell something like this. Right. Jake, uh, you know, Jake got into that gotcha hat fight. Iconic. Yes. yes. Um, and we're going to get into our boys a little bit later because I feel safe to say that the Paul brothers are our boys. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, we're for boys sure our boys. Yeah. So we're going to get into them a little bit more. But like Jake has been, you know, did the gotcha hat. Logan has been playing up this heavy sort of self-produced reality series through a series of like, I mean, I'm seeing them mostly go around on Twitter. I'm sure they're on his YouTube page, but like 
God bless. I don't do that. Yeah. But there are like little clips of him going around being like, listen, man, I'm worried about my brother's life. Okay. And that's becoming a safety issue for me. Like Floyd said he wanted to kill him. Like yeah. Floyd could def. So he is also painting Floyd Mayweather as a man that's going to hire someone to murder Jake Paul, which, you know, as bad as anyone's judgment could be, that's some like, that would be, uh, it's worse than Tanya Harding. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Mayweather as a fighter has always sort of been the bad guy. Even though he's this great champion, he's mouthy. He's in every fight he's ever been in. I would say the majority of boxing fans would root for him to lose. Logan is pretty smart. Yes. Logan is pretty smart. Logan is going to lose. Yeah. And we can talk about this more later. So he wants to set himself up as the as the people's champion, the underdog, the guy that had no chance in this, that was going up against this great villain. And he needs this because Logan is a much larger person. And a lot of people are going to be watching this and you see a big guy fighting a little guy and you're like, oh, this big guy is going to win. But it doesn't work like that when one guy is an undefeated many time world champion boxer and the other guy is a YouTuber from Ohio. So he's really playing this perfectly in the way that he's setting it up for him. He's when he loses, he's still going to win. He wasn't an asshole. He had his brother be the asshole. He was scared for his brother's life. All this stuff he's doing only does it sets him up to look better after he loses. Right. Right. No, of course. I mean, listen, the, there's an element to this whole thing that I don't like. I don't like that the Paul brothers look Amish. Right. Yeah. I do. don't like their like renegade Ohio Amish, like saying that Floyd Mayweather is going to put a hit out on them. Yeah, it's it seems rec- reckless. But it's very calculated. It is so fucking calculated. And it's genius. Like this Logan Paul, like I make fun of him. He, you know, he's annoying. He's not my thing. He's not my generation, though. I'm not supposed to like people like him. Same. Like, I don't. It's like uh, he's like a level like, you know, there's no reason to get in on a SpongeBob or something for me. Right. Way too old to like start watching SpongeBob. But this he has like the element of human drama where I can just check in and check out, right? So like I, I'm not going to familiar familiarize myself with the Backyardigans catalog, but I will check into a Logan Paul, and I don't, I don't get the kids that think they're cool. That's like it's scary to me because I know that there's yeah. pre. It's a pre barstool fan. It really it's is. It's like the pre-com. They're pre-com yes. for Barstool. Yes, it really is. It's like it's like grooming for Barstool fandom. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. getting you ready for all that stupid, unfunny shit that is the most broad, that is the most popular right now. And it's it's we're fighting a losing battle. Like it's just never gonna be, we're never gonna live in a world where really interesting, funny things are popular. It's always going to be this broad, very stupid, over-the-top humor that that dominates. And that's just, we got to come to terms with that. 
But let's get back to the real really quick. So you're going south of the border. That's right. Um, are you bringing me back one of those Virgin Mary statues hollowed out, filled with Vicodin? Because that's a deal we discussed. I mean, no. Maybe on your Minecraft world. Yeah, in Minecraft, you're doing Look, that. Oh, no, obviously, I would never ask you to sit, bring me drugs in real life, Brian. I yes. mean, in Minecraft, are we going to be keeping up with our Minecraft game? We're, um, you know, we're partners here. We're friends, but I'm not. Minecraft buddies? I'm not going Mary, Queen of Grace for you. Is that the name of that movie? Um. Yeah, but like, what about uh, just bringing... Um, like Vicodin back in a bottle on the plane. I think that's illegal. Nah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, what do you mean, nah? Shove them in your ass, Bri, for what, me. Is this, yeah, is, you won't shove 30 pills in your ass for me? Is the DEA, Just like in a Ziploc. Is the DEA listening right now? Are no, you no, no, DEA? Because no, no. I'm talking about you're in your asshole in Minecraft. Oh, right. Not Yeah, not in the real world. In, in our Sims no. game that we play online on our phones. Yes, in Minecraft, are you not going to shove a Ziploc with 30 Vicodin up your ass for me? Yes, absolutely. Or just five. What about five in a loose envelope packed in in the bottom of your luggage in Minecraft? Sewn into the collar of a t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's get into it. You've got a tween daughter as we transition smoothly from me. Right, exactly. <laughs> telling you in Minecraft to bring me As uh, you try to get me sent pills. to prison. Yes. Right. Um, tweens are skipping past the tween stage, which I think is super interesting for the retail world. And Very. also just this is a direct response, I think, to Instagram culture, or this is not even a response. This is what culture has finessed. When people talk about the bigger picture of like, oh, I'm so afraid every woman's going to wind up looking like Kim K. No, 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 no. Why don't we not worry about that and worry about the part where your teens are going from uh, no bra to an underwire? Like, what the hell's going on out here? Like, this is this is the part, is that they're not having the sparkly unicorn bullshit avocado t-shirt that's not happening anymore they're going straight to adult clothing yes it makes me worried like what about the jojo siwas of the world like the the people that that influence that age to sort of stay that age what are are the is she gonna disappear with her bows joge Miss Joj herself just had an OD happen at her. We have to get into Tana Monjo someday, Tana Mojo. We have to get into her someday. She is just, she was at JoJo's birthday party or pride party over the weekend with Tana a bunch of other Monjo was there? Tana Mojo, yeah. Her name's Mojo? Mojo. Yeah, she Monjo. was there. It's Mojo. It's, it's French, the way it's like pronounced. I know. So she. She uh, was at JoJo's pride party. JoJo had her first overdose at a house party oh my that God. we're aware of. Right of passage, yeah. Apparently, a 30-year-old man showed up on LSD. Was it you? Are you lying about your age? Luckily, I'm much older than 30. And also... Yeah. But when you're going to a JoJo party, how old are you? Do you know what I, I mean? I'm not somebody that takes LSD anymore. And right. But when I did, as a younger person... I was not the kind of person that was 
prone to the bad trip. I think everybody's, exactly. everybody's been with this kind of person that they have a bad trip. And then every time they try it again after that, they're going to have a bad trip. And then it's just, you can't let this person have that, those psychedelics anymore. This seems like that kind of person. I don't know. I mean, it seems like kind of a funny idea. I'm going to go to Jojo Siwa's birthday party. I'm definitely going to take acid to go there because why not? But it didn't work out for this person. And now since Jojo's the most famous, hopefully she's learned a lesson from this because she's the name associated with whatever happened. Some, some rando influencer or wannabe influencer brought their plus one, their plus one lost their shit. And now that now that's attached to Jojo's name and she can't be happy about that. Exactly. And so like, here's the thing, right? Like I can't go. I, I won't freak out at a party on something like that. I just can't go to a party on something like that and, and have to keep it a secret. But it sounds very on the nose. It's like when people are like, yeah, I'm going to go to like a Grateful Dead show and do like 16 tabs of acid. It's like, no, 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 no. Like you're doing a, um, that's like what you think you should do, right? right? So like the bit with Jojo Siwa is you've seen her house. Like the bit yeah, is like, oh my God, how tour. crazy would it be to be on LSD at Jojo Siwa's Rainbow Mansion? Um, so I think that that might have been someone just not knowing, someone being very literal and dumb about drugs. Yes. Uh, 30, come on. You got to figure it out by then. Sorry. Sorry. I know yes. like in LA, we're old. all t- forever 25 yes. here. No, 30 is too old. You figure that out when you're 19. But Seriously. this is the pipeline, I think, now. I think JoJo is was never for tweens. JoJo is for, like, like ages two to maybe if you have an eight-year-old interested right. in JoJo. Right. Eleven, maybe tops. Tops. And then you go into Brandy Melville, which sure. I feel awful about because, like, Brandy Melville is a one-size store. They only yes. sell everything in one size. And if you're a teen girl or a tween girl, especially, I mean, what are the odds of you being like a super slender, your body is figured out tween girl? So that confused me because my daughter did have a Brandy Melville stage. Right. Well, your daughter's also slender. Yeah. And she's, uh, she was like, they only have one size, but I think what the way she explained it to me is each item only comes in one size. So there's different sizes of things, but if you want a certain shirt, you got to pick the shirt that's in your size and that's not going to be the same as the other shirts. Okay. Yeah. That's a little confusing. Yeah. But like there's, I mean, that's also like, what is that world where it's like, okay, fat girls, you get the big black t-shirt. Like what the hell is that? Like what world is that? And then everyone, it's like, it's body checking to the extreme because people will only clock you wearing that shirt because they know your size. I hate it. Yeah. So it goes to like, I would say like probably like a Brandy Melville sort of thing to then, you know, also forever 21 is mixed in there. And then next thing you know, we're doing online boutiques only. We're shopping at boohoo. We're shopping at dolls kill. Uh, Yes. Yes. All of the above. Like for, I think, uh, at least from my personal experience, there was a brief Brandy Melville, which is like the tweenish fashion, but there was never a justice or what's the other one? 
I don't know. When I grew up, it was limited too. Right, limited. Um, it's wet seal. Limited too. Limited to limited no wet also. seals for high school hoe bags. Like, oh. and I say that as someone who shopped at wet seal, like this is like the no wet seal had a dark undercurrent to it. Like Did crossroads it? maybe was like age of air postal, like yes. that sort of uh, American Eagle. Oh yeah. That's all like sort of like clean cut. Like yes. you can technically wear it to church sort of shit. Yes. But then when you go to wet seal, honey, we're going straight to a camisole top, maybe with a little crop to it. Oh, um, no. It doesn't uh-uh. come in any youthful colors. Yeah. We're talking about a 10 year old wearing olive green during the daytime. Like it's just, it's become a little like we've, it's it, the way that the fa- like fashion and trends have worked it's all sped up really fast. And so who better to notice that than literal teenagers? So I have yes. a video here from an actual teenager who figured this out, or maybe she had a younger sister. Do you want to play that? Yeah, of course I do. Let's check this out. Let's let's get up to date on this. Her name is Brianna, which is like you. Yeah, it's a girl for Brian. Yeah. Mom to buy me overpriced justice clothes. And now it's at Walmart. So for those of you guys that do not know, Justice is basically like a Hollister, like a Victoria's Secret, but like for pre- I kind of love this kid. No, I do too. Because I love that, first of all, Hollister and Victoria's Secret are in the same lane in her mind. Love it. Yes, I love it. She's real comfortable with the camera. She has strong features. Like, I feel like she's going to grow up to be like a lawyer or something. Like I have, like she just has such good vibes. I agree. So, like, just to explain what you just heard. So, at the beginning of that clip, it was a duet. So, the first part was someone saying, like, oh, all these clothes I used to beg my mom for in justice are now available at Walmart, LOL. Then she cuts in with her duet saying, I have a thought about that. Yeah, let's hear the rest. For preteens, most of their clothing was aimed towards maybe 8 to 14-year-olds. I didn't learn about this brand until I went to a predominantly white middle school. And bitch, I would save up my money just to shop at the clearance section. I still think their clothes are cute, but let's talk about why it's at Walmart. Not only Justice is at Walmart, but another brand aimed at preteens like Claire's is also being sold at Walmart. These companies are losing money. Wait, Claire's? I thought Claire's was like that store in the mall that sold like cheap earrings and shit. It's accessories. It's like right. an accessory station for kids that can't afford jewelry because they're dumb kids who don't have jobs. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So like okay. that's where when you're a tween, your parents goes to your parents go to buy you an accessory because you're going to lose money it. Because Got it. Preteens no longer exist. Once a kid turns 11 or 12, they immediately start dressing the exact same as a 16-year-old. This is an 8th grade graduation. Oh my god. These girls are 12 oh or 13. God. Same reason why Toys R Us got closed. There's no such thing as a preteen phase anymore. Kids stop behaving like children after they hit like 10. Mom to buy Look, that 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 shook me because the cuz she's like this is an 8th grade graduation and it, my daughter's graduating from 8th grade on Friday. And she, it looked like her and her friends. Crop tops, exposed stomachs, bellies. How does that make you feel? Because I know Shauna, like I was not allowed to ever, I was like not allowed at all. Like I would, I would look Mormon. I would look like I had like some sort of religious imposition upon me. 
compared to these kids. So I'm just, yeah. It's weird because I'm not one of those dads. I don't, and maybe it's to my detriment. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know another way to say this. I don't sexualize my daughter. No, so of course, of course. Well, I, but I realize, but it's that's probably not the right term. But when I look at her, I just see my kid. I don't really look at the clothes. Like if she has an exposed belly shirt on or whatever, I don't, it doesn't really compute to me that that might be inappropriate or that might be her trying to be sexy. Cause I just don't, I, it doesn't, I don't recognize her as that. She's just a kid to me. So like right. she wears makeup and she kind of does drag queen makeup, if I'm being honest. And she has a very popular um, makeup tutorial on TikTok, by the way. Um, I, so I don't know. But also a lot of what they wear is like big, like oversized sweatshirts and like loose jeans. You know, like Jinko jeans are back in a big way. Not that brand, but that style of like the big. Yeah, no, literal wa- Jinkos are back as well. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure she wants us. So I don't. Yes, I don't. It's I will say I haven't really had to come to terms with that. I have noticed that the bathing suit situation is a nightmare. And I will say, this is what I'll say. Okay. I, I think I would struggle with this a lot as a parent because I would say that like me being happy that I got like a well-fitted polo (laughs) shirt isn't exactly like, okay, like I am coming of age as a woman, but I will say that there is something to, I think, the state of like childhood that parental guidelines can establish as, I don't know, a marker of maturity. Like, you know, like at, you know, like I would say like there's a difference between what you can wear in sixth grade and what you can wear as a junior in high school. Yeah, it's a big jump. When Huge. we were growing up. And now I don't think that exists so much. I think that like the it's really narrowed and in a, in a weird way. It's like a subconscious stealing of their innocence. Yeah, it's they, I try to tell them this all the time. Like it's they're in a rush and I was the same way. They're in a rush to be adults and do adult right. things. And I'm like, dude, it's. Like, be a kid. You're going to be an adult your whole life, and it's not that fun. It's really not that fun. It's much more fun to be a kid, do kid shit, go ding-dong ditching, eat fucking candy and ice cream, and just chill. Play games, you know? Write each other notes. Whatever they do, go on Snapchat. Be normal. My mom Let that did stuff always later. warn me about that. She would always say, like, don't get a job. Because I was always like, I'm 12 years old, mom. I'm ready to work. Like, yeah. It, like as soon as I could start making my own money, it was Same. really important to me. And I lied, uh, I lied about my age at school to get a work permit so I could start because you can start working when you're 15. I lied about my age so I could start working when I was 14 because I need to get a real job. You know, I had paper routes and stuff like that there's before that. No, yeah, same. There's no way the school didn't know your age though. They probably felt like something was going on at home and you needed a gig. Yeah, but it was like the career lab. So you go to the career lab to get your work permit and you just fill out the form. And it's like they didn't they don't cross reference with the actual school. Trust me, I was worried that I was going to get caught and I didn't. I love that. Yeah, Yeah. work permits. I forgot about that. They made a whole I just did this uh, 
Paul Dano Lifetime movie for yeah. my uh, Lifetime podcast, Mother May Super Podcast. And they um, did a whole like thing where she, the mom from Picket Fences was like, figure yeah. out your own work permit. permit. And like, it yes. seemed like this whole like thing this kid was going to have to go on. As far as I remember, I think, I don't know. Like, I think my mom just had to sign a card. Yeah, they have to sign. Your parents have to sign it. And I remember being like, "Hey, I'm getting a job. I got to lie." And my parents were like, "Yeah, no problem. We don't give you." Yeah, money my mom would say like, "You don't need to work," but I was like, "No, I need to live." Yeah, like I need, I need, I, I need, need I need things. Well, yeah, for me, it was like I need CDs and I need to be able to buy merch at my shows. But like, that's Same. all. I, that was it. Like. And I just needed that freedom to be able to like buy a t-shirt on my own because I could not. Posters? Did you fuck with posters? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, Yeah. for sure, for sure. Blink-182? 100%. Like my whole room was, my room was um, purple with purple sponge paint and four different purple colors layered over each other. Yeah. And then- Shauna, God bless her, uh-huh. took gold glitter to the wall very sparsely, and that was right. in there too. So I had purple, glittery sponge paint walls. That was Insane. like my teenage makeover for my room. Yeah, and I had my my boys. I had all these punk rock posters uh, everywhere in my room. Everything, and then oh god. One summer, I went away to camp, and she found, like, my secret box full of, like, nothing bad. Like, there was no paraphernalia at all, but it was just, like... what is she doing going through your room? Cleaning it, quote-unquote cleaning it. You know what I mean? Oh, I know that move. Oh, I cleaned your room when you were at camp. I was looking for a pair of socks in your drawer where your cigarettes are. Yeah, I've been there. But I never had anything like that. Like, I remember one time someone gave me one cigarette, one yeah. cigarette, and I put it inside like an Altoids tin and I buried it inside of a backpack that I then put inside of another bag that I then put inside of like something completely nonsensical and then shoved it into like the deepest recesses of my closet. Never, like, and then you found it later. No, and then I broke it out and um and cracked my window when my mom was out catering one night and I smoked a cigarette and watched the Osbournes in my room and I was wow. like, this is fucking metal, dog. Yeah, like by senior year, Shauna would buy me like a six pack of Mike's Hard because she knew that I was such a good kid that she was like, <laughs> I'll just fucking buy her her own Mike's Hard. And like I would have like Whoa. a, Yeah. Shauna rented me a hotel room in Boston for New Year's Eve, my senior year of high school. And my friends and I drank like literally maybe uh, an eight or a 12 pack of Smirnoff ice. We never like we maybe left our hotel room to go get dinner. And then I found out after that my auntie Serge and Uncle Milton yeah. We're sleeping in the bedroom next door to us. They rented the hotel room next door to us. And my mom. To watch you. Yes. They spied on me all night. My gay French aunt, my gay French uncle and his husband. Unbelievable. And- I love that. But I mean, I have to say like, that's pretty metal of Shauna to be like, Molly, you're going to college next year. You're going to die of binge drinking if you don't like get a life. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to experience a little bit before you're out on your own. That's good. That's smart. After oppressing me for years, Shauna was like, Molly, get a life. Go drink That's in a good. city. You fucking kidding me? She got me? it. Yes. Um, so then we go to a teacher that has yeah. something to say about this whole tweens thing. She knows about it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So there's this video going around about Justice and Claire's, the stores that are catered to preteens, about how they're no longer popular because girls no longer go through preteen phases. And as a middle school teacher, y'all, I can speak on that because it is 100% true. So I taught sixth grade and eventually I moved up and taught eighth grade. And anyone who teaches middle school knows there's a stark difference between sixth grade and eighth grade Mm. girls in particular, but it's become even more prevalent. And I think one of the main reasons why is because when a girl turns like 12, 13 now, she officially sees herself as an adult. Real and like, talk. no judgment because most of us, whether we want to admit it or not, had a time in our lives when we were probably around 12, 13, where we wanted to be seen as grown. We wanted to be seen as adults. But most of us weren't able to act on that. We weren't able to go out and buy the clothes, wear the makeup, do the hair, hang out with boys on our own, experiment mm. with drugs. Like, we weren't able to do all that. These young girls now can. They have access. Where they're getting this access from? A lot of different ways. But they have access. And so because of that, they are able to act on those things. So they grow up. So there's this video going around. Yeah. I'm living it. Yeah. I mean, that's so that's like a great point, right? Because like, I remember, you know, Brian Beckner, do you know about me that I got my first period on my 13th birthday at my 13th birthday party? I definitely didn't know that about you. That is a true fact about me. Can you come up with something more iconic? No, you can't because it was in Judy Bloom's just as long as we're together. And I um, I like loved that book so much. It was such a treasured book of mine. Fantastic. But I remember feeling like so young. Like I don't know what to do with this. Like I didn't yeah, know what to do. It's a lot. And I also felt so uncomfortable because I was incredibly aware that I was a child, but also like aware of the implications of becoming right. a woman, so to speak. Right. There's 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 the day before your 13th birthday and there's the day after your 13th birthday. And you were literally a different person. Truly, truly. Yeah. And. It, um, yeah, it was very strange for me. I felt so much shame. And that's one thing that I hope that, like, I don't know. I feel like every, I hope kids don't deal with this the way that we did. I hope 
men are cooler. I hope people in the world are cooler. But like one thing people don't talk about is like period shame. Like when you get your first period, you are so you just want to die. Like as a person, like you've reached a new level of wanting to die. Like you're just like everyone every like if anyone finds this out about me, like they're going to know and I'm, I'm like I'm going through puberty, which is so embarrassing. Like you are so self-conscious at that age that you think you can hide that you're going through these changes and that people are going to suddenly figure it out. It's a weird age. Yeah. 13th birthday. It's almost, that's a later period where you you were probably, oh, it isn't? That's average. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe not so much now, but like, no, that's average. 13 is average. Because of the hormones and the chicken. Probably. I mean, I think it was like exactly average. And I I think honestly that it happened on my 13th birthday. I might as well have been 12. Right. That's true. That's a good point. You were still pretty much 12. So yeah, it was super. No, I, I mean, I had a friend who didn't get her period until she was 16. What? Gymnast? I know. Was she gymnast? No, uh, no. Ice skater? No, she d- wasn't in anything like that. It was very like confusing. Um, yeah, I made a big mistake. I'll own up to as well. Like, what's that? Okay, so I had a friend who was like four eight, and I was always mm-hmm. like tall, right? And yep. I had been taught that like it was almost like when you reach a certain height, like you would probably get your period, right? So I remember being at a sleepover and this one girl, I think we were like maybe 12, 13. Like I might've, that might've maybe just happened for me. And we were at a sleepover and this, the girl who was like four, eight was like, yeah, you know, oh yeah, I've had my period for like a year. And I was like, wait a minute, you're too short. (laughs) (laughs) i was like you're too short to have your period and she was like she was like she started crying like i don't know if i was like necessarily invited back to her house after that like it was um it was wonderfully naive it was wonderfully nice nice we yeah. were all teenagers, right? Like we were all like, or not even, we were tweens. We were truly tweens. I guess I was maybe officially a teenager, but like, um, it was very, uh, it was super innocent. And also I think as a tall person, I've always been envious of petite women. Sure. I get that. So I just we think I, I was like, don't have. Babe, like you don't need to get there yet. You have like three more inches. Enjoy your yeah. short life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Who knows? Anyway, um, listen, she's a great person. Love her. Yes. Probably, I think, the only person that from my high school that's still married to their high school sweetheart who was a dime piece in high school, killing it. If you're listening yes. to this for some reason, girl, shout out. I was 13. I was dumb. I didn't know what I was saying. You could not bring that to a judge they would not convict me as someone who no, knew I what think, she was saying i think she's moved past it i don't hey, know sh- 
I hope so. I hope she has. I mean, sometimes people fixate on these things. They do. That's what I worry about. Because like sometimes yeah. you'll meet a woman who's perfectly pulled together and then she'll start like, you know, freaking out. And you're like, why are you freaking out? And she's like, because some bitch said I couldn't get my period because I was short 25 yeah. years ago. Yeah. That she's telling her therapist about it right now, probably. One hundo. So, all right. We have some really spicy stuff. This show, for any of you who aren't a part of the Solid Listen Patreon, you don't know that this show started out with probably one of the greatest pieces of Logan and Jake Paul fanfic that ever existed. We're going to get to that in a minute. This is um, thankfully winding up to be a very Logan and Jake centered episode. When you're listening to this after the fight, I'm sorry, we don't have an update for you, but Brian has pulled up the rules. We're going to go through those. The rules are ridiculous. Then we'll get into the fanfic for anybody that thinks they're watching a real fight. The rules, and they do this every time. Where they don't where they don't release the rules until just before the fight happens. So so this happens every time, Malls. This is the when I first became aware of this was the uh, Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight. So you're thinking, oh, two boxers, yeah, they're old. Tell me about that. I don't but, know who those guys are. I mean, I know who Mike Tyson is, but so they're they're two. They you know they're trying to do like a senior tour of boxing now, where these guys fight these fights four paydays and then the day before and they they hype it up right they go on joe rogan they let you know hey i'm I'm in the best shape of my life they put out these instagram videos where you're like oh my god mike tyson's 53 but the man can move he's quick and you're like this could be kind of interesting and then the day before the fight happens they release the rules and what do they tell you oh it's an exhibition no winner will be declared So it doesn't count against this person's lifetime record if they lose. Not that it matters. They're retired anyway. There's no, in this case, it's, it's even more in the, in the Mike Tyson. I think that Floyd Mayweather might be scared based off of just what you're telling me, because I'm like, is this for, I mean, he, Logan Paul does have, speaking of periods, he does have like a foot on like Floyd Mayweather. I mean, Floyd Mayweather is not yeah. eligible for his period. <laughs> Let's be real. He's he's a much he's a much larger human being. That that's probably why that's part of the reason because no no state's athletic commission would sanction this, right? You can't fight. You have to be around the same size to to fight in a real fight and these guys are not the same size. So that might be part of it. But it's really I mean, it, it's kind of a joke. I don't know if you can bet on this in Vegas, but you shouldn't be able to because we're learning one. There's not going to be an official winner declared. So if one of these guys gets popped on the chin and goes unconscious, you're, you'll be able to see a winner with your eyes. But who, whoever's putting this fight on is not going to say one guy won and the other lost. There's no official winner. So if this thing goes so the this distance, the what entire... It, is this also to fuck Vegas? Because I feel like... I mean, I've been tracking the... You know, because I I fancy myself a a non-gambling gambling addict. Like, I'll throw money in AMC and crypto, but... And I also tried to bet $1,000 on the Super Bowl without any knowledge a few years ago uh, and then found out I didn't live in New Pats. Jersey. Um, no, I was going to bet against the Pats. Oh, good. Good for you. Yeah, I wanted to make money. Um, yeah, good for you. But yeah, no. So like I looked up the 
the Vegas odds on this the other day. And like, what were they? Oh, like they're, uh, they're not good. I mean, like it's, um, I think what it came down to is if you bet a hundred dollars on Logan Paul and he wins, you win eight hundred dollars. Eight to one. And if you bet on Floyd Mayweather, you win um, like a hundred and sixty. Right, or you got to bet a hundred and sixty to win a hundred. No, you have to. No, you have to bet a hundred to win a hundred and sixty. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's what it said. That sounds about. No, I believe you. That's that sounds about right. The but I don't know how Vegas can take action on this because no, I guess the casinos themselves can declare a winner and a loser. I guess that's Is how that they how do that it. That works because I guess I don't know. I mean, they make their own rules. This there's not going to be a winner declared if this thing goes. I think it's scheduled for eight rounds. If this thing goes the full eight rounds and nobody's knocked out or nobody, the referee doesn't end it. There's no winner declared because there's no judges. That's what happened with uh, KSI in Logan. They did have judges, but that fight, dude, I'm telling you, if anyone is listening to this, I'll link this in the description to this day, the serotonin that I get watching KSI and Logan Paul go six rounds. It is erotic for me. It is It's so thrilling because like they both, I mean, it's not even theater. They, they both were, are wearing these like helmet. They got the helmets on, you know what I mean? But they were fully, I mean, and Jake got his ass, like, you know, he, he won his fight. So he's out there with his belt, but also his nose was a mess. Cause this is the thing with, uh, the Paul brothers. Yeah. Uh, they have to get cauterized. Cauterize their, their noses because they bleed oh, easily. Make- like, oh, is that an really? Amish just, thing? Do they still do that? Because I was, my daughter was asking me, she's like, what's up with people that get nosebleeds? And she's like, I've never had a nosebleed. And I'm like, oh, and her brother gets them sometimes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got them tons when I was a little kid to the point where I had to get my nose cauterized. And I'm like, wait. Is that like some medieval shit that they were doing in the 70s? Nah, like, nah. They don't really still do that. If you are someone who, well, I mean, I don't really know the, what the process of cauterizing a nose is, but like the Paul brothers generally, I mean, I don't know if they have weak noses or if they're prone to it, but like Jake fought in his fight with, um, not Askren, the one before that, Nate Robinson. He fought with him with a broken nose that was unreported. Like he was trying to hide. Broken practice. Yeah. But like he, so, but he also has always bled easily from the nose. I remember him saying that because it went crazy, like viral. It became a meme of Jake Paul just like, just in his like corner, his face bleeding, his team trying to help him. That was like an iconic image from that fight because that's what everyone wanted to see. Um, but so he, yes, uh, yeah. My point in saying that is that they definitely cauterize noses still, and the Pauls are bleeders. I could see that. I could see that. I mean, it's not uncommon 
perfect for Caucasian fighters. I was just going to say on their pasty white face. Yeah. This blood, it's such an image. I mean, it really is. This whole thing is, it feels like going to the Coliseum for me. It's the closest I'll get. It's borderline animalistic. Yes. So here, so here is reading down the page. Here is part of the reason, as we discussed, as we hypothesized earlier, part of the reason the fight is an ex- exhibition instead of an official match is because they, they're so different in size. Uh, Jake Paul is, has agreed to show up at 190, no more than 190 pounds. Logan? Which is prop, uh, that's, I'm sorry, Logan. Which is probably not that easy for him because I think he's about six two. Nah, he's he's um very trim. He can really. He's they're tri- good at leaning down. Yes. Like they've been they've been wrestling their whole life. They can they can yes. make weight. Yeah. Well, listen. If he comes in over one hundred and ninety pounds, he owes Floyd Mayweather one hundred thousand dollars. For every pound over 190. I know. Knowing my Logan, my Logan, yeah. he's yeah, going to come Logan. in at 188. I know my Logan. Yeah, I, think you're, I think you're right. I think you're right. He's um, an overachiever. Mayweather, Mayweather is going to be 160, which is pretty big for him. Right. Because he's always fought like in the 140, 145 pound range. Um, so it's interesting. Like no one's going to win. Or lose. I imagine they are allowing KOs, Flo- though, for sure. I mean, they are doing yes. that, which is interesting because I would love to Floyd's- see. We, we've never seen like a Paul brother KO'd ever. You're going to see one. You're going to see one for sure. Floyd Mayweather is going to, he's going to toy with him a little bit. He's going to put on a show, but there's no way his ego is going to allow this thing to go the full eight rounds. What he's going to do, assuming they take action on this, here's, here's my hypothesis. Floyd is going to make a proxy bet. He's going to have somebody he's connected with place bets at casinos with bookmakers for him to win in a That's certain round. That's what they round. do. That's why like, they come out. Yeah. like When they say, like, oh, I made $100 million on that fight, they made at least half that in bets. Yep. And for Floyd, this is real easy. He's going to work the body a little bit. He's going to take it easy on him and then say the fourth round. That's going to be my guess. Floyd knockout fourth or fifth round. He's going to work the body a little bit. And then at some point he's just going to go, oh, here's the time I need to win. And he's going to liver punch him. And because see, this is my question about him. I don't know enough about him to know like. Logan has has mostly boxed people that are, I would say, reasonably shorter than him. Yeah. Other fighters who have had an advantage on the Paul brothers are people who have had very long, um, like just reach. Yeah, like long reach. Like what is I know Floyd Mayweather is short, but how's his reach? It's well, it's going to be less than. Logan Paul's, but he's going to, but can he do matter. damage when he's in the right places? Yes. yes. Oh yes. Like his Logan's length can't make up for what Floyd Mayweather not, can do. It will not matter. It will not be a factor whatsoever. 
I need to watch. I need is- to watch some old fights of him to like get involved. I really do. I don't know what it is about men just beating the shit out of each other. I love slapping contests. I don't know what it is. I love to watch guys. It's primal. Uh, yeah, try to kill each other, but like in a in a in a regulated way. Right on the street, exactly. I take no f- joy in that. The um, one, one thing you should know if you go back and watch some old footage, Floyd Mayweather's great skill is he wasn't a flashy boxer, but he's a tremendous defensive boxer, meaning that some of the greatest fighters, greatest prize fighters of their right. generation, when they fought Floyd Mayweather, were not able to land punches on him. Do you think Logan Paul is going to be able to land punches on him? The answer is no. He's he's going to be soundly defeated whenever Floyd Mayweather feels like it should end. <laughs> the craziest part is that Logan is known for talking shit confidently throughout an entire yeah. boxing match. And I'm dying to see how that's going to go. Because he doesn't know. I um, mean, he's going to Logan yeah. comes in there with the like. I've listened to the no jumper podcast sort of like street <laughs> language, yeah. you know, like yeah. that's, and he definitely overuses AAVE. Like he is very unfortunate in those moments and AAVE African-American vernacular English. Oh, yes. Unacceptable. Right. Well, no, I mean, listen, I think that it's a part of all of our language to an extent, but I think Logan aggressively attempts to keep up with the streets, if you know what I mean. Like, he is very much trying to stay in the what's the now. Like, he he did drop a hard yee. uh, when he went on No Jumper not that long ago. So, like, yee. 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 Yeah. Uh, so well, it's yeah. he's very like he thinks he's got it, uh, and yeah. I'm just he doesn't. He, he's gonna get murdered. No, he knows. He knows. He definitely knows. He's so excited, dude. They're so honestly yeah. for like probably inbred folk. They are very yes. intelligent. Well, this the payday is worth it. Like anybody. But the long game of what they have set up for themselves is iconic because Floyd Mayweather in in five years is not going to be probably maybe 10 years, not going to be an active part of the conversation at all. He's going to be like the celebrated legend. Right. But like, I think that in five, 10 years, they could still be doing their bullshit. These boys. Logan's going to be the governor of Ohio. 100% dog. 100%. He's going to be president in my lifetime. For sure. Ooh. Absolutely. Uh, considering that that you are horny for no, that's male not hand-to-hand This is my combat. revenge porn. This is my revenge porn. I'm doing a revenge porn oh, on it? them. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. Um, I do love my Jake and Logan incest fanfics. <laughs> I mean, yes. This is something that I started looking up in when we were conceptualizing this podcast. I was like, okay, well, what are some other like fun elements for our big debut of Mayweather versus Paul? When we yes. launch Trend Lightly and it's like a, a whole thing and like I'm talking to like my ad sales people in advance to like see if maybe we can like get a presenting sponsor. And then when the fight was canceled, I was like, no, we're still launching. Yes. But we got to drop a revenge porn. 
Um, totally. That episode is behind the Solid Listen Patreon wall. So you may not have ever heard us do some good Jake and Logan hours here. That's true. But I found a fanfic today uh, by Body Talks. Uh, It's called Body Talks by authors saying your names. And I thought this would be good for us. This is just chapter one. I'm going to link it in the, you know, in the description if you want to get into more. Um, I think there are five chapters so far. Let's get into it. All right. You want me to start? I'll start. You like to start, and this is, don't think I don't know what you're doing. I've never, I've never started. I've never started a fanfic. No, it's because I can't keep it together. I really do. Yeah. Not only do I. Because they get really gross. They get really gross towards the end when, when they, when they, for lack of a better term, climax. And Malls likes it when I read those parts. So go well, ahead, no, Well, here's go the other thing. This is not a, hold on, Blue, come sit on my lap, big boy. He's crying. Come here. Come here. Yeah. I know. You can sit right here. I love you. Okay. This um, this is a chapter story. So I think it's going to start intense. They want to hook us as a reader. So I'm not trying to, like, bypass any responsibility. Sure. Okay. Um, it says, he was sitting on the lid of the toilet, foot tapping with pent up nervousness. Logan felt- Disgusting. This is, I already have no, a problem with this. I know, I know, this. I know. There's a fucking toilet in the first sentence. There's nothing grosser than when somebody takes a selfie in the bathroom and you can see the fucking toilet. I know. Can I not? can't do like, that. I can't do that. That's yes. always been something that's impossible for me to overcome is like, even when I've like, because like sometimes for defamer, I would have I had no choice. Like it was the only good sound in my house. Like there was a seat right there with a counter right there. Like it all made sense. But I would still like figure out a way to block it out because I just don't want to be seen yes. sitting on a toilet. Absolutely. Ever. Okay. So Logan feel, but now kids shit on TikTok. Oh my God. I didn't need to know. Yeah, that. they'll tell like, oh, story time of how my friend robbed a bank and like they're taking a shit. And they'll be like, yeah. Oh my they'll be God. like, yeah, BTW, I'm taking a shit. High angle, show themselves on the toilet and continue their story. That should be illegal. Yeah, they're too comfortable. So, okay. Yeah. Logan feels, oh, sorry. <clears throat> he was sitting on the lid of the toilet, foot tapping with mm. pent up nervousness. Logan feels like a nervous wreck. The stall is small, the kind where the door doesn't touch the floor or the ceiling. His hands are in the front pocket of his hoodie. He's waiting and listening intently. The door to the bathroom creaks open. His ears perk up and gaze freezes on the floor in front of him. He's getting hopeful. He shouldn't be feeling Mm. hopeful. A few footsteps later, a pair of white Air Max Nikes stopped to a stand in front of him, just on the other side of the door to his stall. He hangs back, holding his breath, closing his eyes for just a moment, licking his lips. (laughs) He hears a sigh from outside the stall. As he opens his eyes, the door swings open and Jake is in his lap. Oh, my God. It all happens so quickly. There's no time to react. Jake is straddling him on top of the toilet, his mouth crushed against Logan's. His body incredibly close, 
hands in his hair, his breath hot on Logan's face as Logan opens his mouth to receive Jake's tongue. (laughs) Disgusting. Jake is all Logan can smell, all Logan can feel. Oh, my God. His lips are soft, supple. Sorry, it's so absurd. I'm a very visual person, so reading this, I'm seeing it. I know there's people out there. Yeah. Brian, there's people out there that are not seeing this in their head when, as I say it. Did you know that? No. What do you there's mean? There's people that don't have words? it. Like, there's people that don't have, like, they don't picture images in your head, in their head. What? You, no, I know. Wow, I didn't know that. I was shocked to find out myself. So, yeah. It happened it all happened so quickly. There's no time to react. Jake is straddling him on top of the toilet, his mouth crushed against Logan's, his body incredibly close, his hands in his hair, his hot breath on Logan's face as Logan opens up his mouth to receive Jake's tongue. Jake is all Logan can smell, all he can feel. His lips are soft, supple, but the slight scruff on his chin rubs against Logan's own, and the feeling turns him on more than anything for some, re- for some reason. Jake is just on the cusp of manhood. He just started shaving. Logan mm. would know. <laughs> he taught him. Oh, my God. Oh, by the way, this oh is underage. I just... <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. I know. I should say I that this that. is this is a uh, this is yeah. But there, it it was written when they were adults, so this is of course. It's still they're both underage. It's still problematic, but well, Logan could be eighteen. Who knows? Jake Jake lets okay. out a soft but deep moan as Logan wraps his arms around his waist and drags his huge hands down his back. Logan smiles, licking at Jake's lips, leaning forward into the boy. <laughs> Unbelievable. His, Disgusting. Someone sat down and wrote this. His body feels electric. I didn't think you'd come. He lets out a deep murmur as Jake's hips grind into his lap. Jake grabs a fistful of his hair and pulls it roughly, causing Logan to hiss through his teeth. Shut up. Jake responds sharply, grabbing the sides of Logan's head roughly as he smashes their open mouths together. Jesus. Jake's stick is insanely hard, and Logan can feel oh my the God. heat of the member <laughs> rating against his own, and the feeling makes his stomach burn with anticipation and his eyes roll into the back of his head. Grabbing Jake by the ribs... Logan lifts him easily and shoves him up against the door of the bathroom stall, knocking the breath out of Jake slightly. Looming over the shorter boy, he presses his hips onto his brother's. Why the fuck did you come here, Jake? Logan breathes (laughs) his neck. Yes. Why the fuck did you come here, Jake? so crazy. Okay, wait. (laughs) I love it. All he wants is for his brother to say it. Actually saying it, though, might actually bring him over the edge. Jake only growls, pulling at the hair on the back of Logan's head. They're both strong for their age, fighting as much as they're necking. Fuck off, Jake snarls shortly. Necking? Okay. Logan laughs deep in his throat, licking up Jake's, uh, licking up Jake's, don't you mean fuck me? Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, Logan te- uh, Okay, Logan teases. Jake gives out it. This is, it's not ESL. It's it's after school writing. 
It kind of is, yeah. care wasn't put into this on the weekend. And I will say... No, I agree. That, that's why we read this, is because this is some kid fucking off after school, and I respect it. Um, totally. <clears throat> Jake gives out a deep moan, but doesn't have time to respond as panic strikes his body. He hears footsteps approaching the bathroom door. Logan hears them as well, quickly and roughly silencing Jake with one hand as he lifts his brother up with the other, hoisting and pinning him up against the bathroom door. Jake's feet hang around Logan's knees now, cleverly concealing the fact that the older boy is not alone in the stall. Unbelievable. This is actually great. Are you kidding me? Who's ever heard of this move? You're fucking someone in the bathroom so you hang them up on the wall? Right. Iconic. Okay. It's it's a weird approach. I've never seen this move. So um, they stay like that, frozen and close, as they hear mumbles from outside the stall, Shif- shuffling of feet, the taps of turning on and off. Do you want to finish? I, I, like, literally. Um, yeah, but I lost my place. Jake's heart is beating out of his chest. Jake's heart is beating hard oh, in yeah. his chest. Logan can feel it against his own. Jake's eyes are looking down, his eyelashes fluttering nervously against his cheeks. And in this moment, face flushed and bashful, Logan has never seen a prettier sight. He slowly slips his hand away from where it's been sitting over Jake's mouth and rests it against around Jake's throat. Jake's eyes shift up and meet Logan's. As Jake's mouth is freed, Logan places his mouth softly against Jake's. This is new for them. This is new for them. This is is their first time. Fascinating. Dude, this is like, this is interesting. Wait, do you think the author of this has had sex or not? No. Jake, (laughs) Jake breathes heavily through his nose, willing the people outside not to notice them. Logan kisses him softly, hand under Jake's thigh holding his brother up more with the weight of his body than his actual hands. Oh, you could, it's actually pretty descriptive. I, that's what I'm saying Jake, is that I feel like this is yeah. someone who fucks. Maybe. Jake melts into Logan, letting out a small whimper. Logan grabs his brother by the jaws, the voices out the door, outside the door quiet for a second. Before they resume talking and their footsteps trail toward the door of the bathroom... As the door to the bathroom slams shut, Logan pulls his lips away from Jake's and laughs quietly, softly slapping Jake's cheek a few times. Jake looks flustered and distraught. Logan lets Jake's feet drop to the ground as his hands slide from grasping Jake's chin down to his neck, kissing him swiftly on the mouth. I've got to go or I'm going to miss third period. Dude, you know Jake is gonna be feeling empty inside after this hookup, dude. <laughs> Logan's got Logan was waiting at first, like Logan hit it and quit it. This is Delia shit. He got him all worked up. Yeah. I've gotta go, or I'm gonna miss third period, Logan says as he steps away from his younger brother. Jake doesn't say anything, leaning against the door for support, jaw clenched. Logan picks up his backpack from the floor behind him putting it on his back, adjusting the straps, his clothes and his hair. Jake studies him, wondering how he looks so easy. Hey, Jake whispers, regaining his brother's attention. 
Jake opens his mouth to speak, but nothing comes out. Logan looks at him half expectantly, half understandingly. I know, I know, Logan says, annoyed, before pulling his brother off the door and slipping past him out of the stall. Jake listens to the sound of him walking away and the door shutting before sitting down on the toilet behind him, resting his head in his hands. He sighs deeply, rubbing his face as his knees start to bob restlessly, tapping his feet on the ground. His eyes are burning. Why do I do this to myself? He's he feeling rejected. I knew it. Of course. Oh, no. Before sl- slipping his hands off his face, clearing his throat, he stands up slowly and shrugs off the feeling of deep-rooted self-hatred and disgust. Oh, no. Walking out, he takes a second to look at himself in the mirror, trying a confident, cocky smile, only to drop it a millisecond later. He sighs at his reflection and exit the ba- exits the bathroom. I mean, I'm going to tell you, Bri, I want to read more. Like, right away, I feel bad that Jake felt used. Also, definitely, like, I will say, just to defend myself on something that you can't really defend yourself on, like, why are we reading underage incest uh, fanfic on Trend Lightly? Sure. Um, here's the reason why. is because... This is um really good writing and it speaks to the human condition. And also uh yeah, I mean they do feel very flowers in the attic to me. This is like VC Andrews. Yeah. And so I'm saying yes, if we're going to totally. commemorate VC Andrews with 57 lifetime movies, I feel like the least we can do is honor this piece of art. That's what I do. I honor art for what it is in the moment. This is for what it is. I'm compelled by this fanfic. This is a, it's fantastic. This is a good fanfic. This isn't, you know, I want to read more than I did with the Elon fanfic. We read in our other failed pilot, but listen, absolutely. I will tell you, um, saying your names, the name of this author i don't know any of the authors we ever read if they ever come out as like nazis or like they do something wrong there's no way for us to do recon on this so i just want to let you know first and foremost we do not check all of their work we do not do and we don't know these people no i do no research on this i go to archive of our own which was my instinctually i was told in my heart I think God spoke to me and said, Molly, this is the sluttiest and weirdest fanfic you can get. And I I ignored Wattpad. I ignored the other sort of fanfic websites we were told about. Our 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 good friend Grace. We've learned that some are better than others from our from our stereo friend Grace. Yeah, you guys make sure you're listening to the stereo show on Tuesdays and Fridays. We go live at noon all the time. Um, Bri. I got to tell you, I had a good day today. I went to Target. I'm over it, I think. Target. Oh, yeah. It's very sad. Um, I, you know, again, have to go. No, I don't have to go. I'm excited to go to a baby shower in San Clemente in the near future. And that is exciting. I had all these like I tried to do. So I heard really great things about the Target collections of this year. Because everyone should know, yeah, of course, every year Target partners with some new designers and they come out with Target. Miss Sony for Target. Yes. So this year they did a bunch of great designers. Everything I got 
sucked ass. I was encouraged to yeah. try it by a friend. It sucked ass. So I went in person to Target today. Target is a fucking dark energy, dude. Like, I thought it was me. I thought that maybe before the pandemic, I wasn't in a good place in my life to accept Target. I thought that maybe, you know, I don't know. But then, like, I just... I went to this Target today, which I do think was built on some sort of stolen land, like even more so than all of America. Like I do feel like there's some sort of likely ancient burial ground underneath the Target in Eagle Rock. Yeah. But yep. it was like the whole, <coughs> the whole place was haunted. It's all I could think about is like yeah. what Target is on the, and this is not part of the technology podcast is just because I picked up my Starbucks that I got at that Target. Um, I have to say, I feel like Target is beyond Chugi to circle back on the Chug. Yeah. It's 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 time has come and gone. Target's done. It's done. Who needs I like a this. bougie Walmart? Like we're in, like this is yeah Target survived a recession because rich people found out they needed to buy soap at a reasonable price. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They're, you know, any, any kind of corporate entity like that, accepting Costco is bad. And we should, we should say it for what it is. It's got negative energy. I only went to one Walmart though, my whole life. And I felt great energy. Oh no, Walmart's disgusting. In the I went in Texas and um Fort Dallas Fort Worth area, Fort Worth. And um Yeah. Dude, I loved it. There's so many seasonals. They have all the seasonals at Walmart. They're just popping off there. Like it's ne- Walmart's next That's level. True. Okay. So, yeah. this is some new drama. I got some drama for you. I heard about this speaking of Texas from my friend Allie. Shout out Allie. I will text you and ask you if you want to be linked in the description cuz you're the best. But my friend Allie mentioned to me that there was bee drama on TikTok. And I had seen that Mm -hmm. this woman who is like very beautiful, she is, um, she's like a, a graceful woman, I would say. Like, I would say if you have any mental health issue, you would probably look at a woman like this and be like, wow, like she sure is incredible at keeping it together. She's a woman (coughs) in STEM. Like you would literally be like, how is this woman so fucking successful, still so beautiful and also doing all this? So she is apparently a part of this Texas bee company. And part of the pipeline I want to talk about here is that she's been going crazy on TikTok. People have loved her, have not said anything about her on TikTok until it went viral on Twitter. And that's typically where things fall apart for your novel TikToker. Like the same way with uh, Josh and Lisa. Yeah, once people know about what you're doing, they pick it apart. People that really know what you're doing explain how you're faking it. Yeah, I mean, like Twitter is like um, like what Tumblr was to 4chan. Like TikTok is to Twitter what Tumblr was to 4chan. Okay, yeah, exactly. so this was the first uh, beekeeper video that went viral on Twitter, far from the first to be like crazy viral on the internet period, though. Do you want to play that? A swarm of bees settled under this umbrella and I was called to remove them. 
So I started scooping bees off the umbrella and putting them into a hive. When bees are in swarms like this, it means they're looking for a new place to live. They tend to be very docile since they don't. So we, got, we should point out here, Malls. We got to talk about all of it because this is the whole nature of it. Yeah, this, this woman is, she's rescuing this hive or whatever. They're all on an umbrella and she's just, she's in no protective equipment and she's grabbing them by the handful with her hands. Yes. And so, but here's the other thing. She is like easily a nine out of 10. She's got this long blonde hair that is completely un, it's unsecured. She just is like, she's acting as if you could like cook in a kitchen with that hair or anything else. Right. And she also has like an open denim shirt. She's wearing dark clothing. Um, She's done up. But she's the anti beekeeper because there is a science to why beekeepers do the things they do like there's As there's we'll not learn. a pretty way to do that big white suit with the crazy hat there's a reason why people yes. wear that exactly they don't have any resources to defend they don't have a hive food or baby bees to protect but they should have a queen so with every handful of bees i scooped i spent time searching for the queen i repeated this process over and over again by the time I removed most of the bees, I still had not seen the queen, and I realized this was an unusual case of a queenless swarm. This colony would not survive without a queen, but luckily I had an extra one on me I could give them. As soon as I gave the queen to the colony, they rushed to meet her. If they didn't accept her, they would try to kill her. If they did accept her, they would release her from the box by chewing through the piece of candy that stops up one end. As soon as the bees in the hive met the new queen... They began sending signals to the other bees Real quick. to move off the umbrella. She's and- very yep. knowledgeable. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it seems She brought her own queen. This seems like this is her business. She She's she's in the bee world. Yeah, she's in the bee world. This is her ex- her field of expertise, which I think it still is, but the way she's presenting yes. is that she's a one-woman show that saves the bees. Exactly. And into the box. So I just waited in the swarm of bees as the colony moved into their new home. After about 15 minutes, most of the bees were with their colony. So I checked on the queen and saw that the bees were starting to accept her. I waited a while longer for the bees to get in their new hive. Then I loaded them into my truck and drove home. I put the bees in my apiary so they could continue the important work they do in a place that's safer for them and for people. And it was another great day of saving the bees. So... Huh. That's always her her slogan is it's another great day of saving the bees. And I listen, what I love about this woman, it's similar to Josh and Lisa where she's doing something that seems impossible. She's straight up raw dogging fists of bees. Exactly. And transporting them into this honeycomb thing. And it's such an insane visual to see this like Instagram ready woman doing this thing that seems like it should have like the people that came and got ET involved. Like this seems like there should be plastic tunnels from NASA put in the house to get, if I were asked how to remove bees, I would sell my house if that existed. Me too. It almost seems too good to be true. And we quickly learn, right? Oh, for sure. That it is. Yeah. So let's go into the bee drama. This was first dropped by a user called um, Diljenda. And the tweet says, Texas Bee Works, the bee lady, is a Trump supporter. And Trump is censored, TR asterisk 
MP supporter. And apparently mm-hmm. the way she handles the bees is very dangerous. And bee removal specialists are very angry with her because they can kill people. So she then goes on to provide a reference. There was um, one bee enthusiast who looked like she had several stings on her face, uh, like her face. Yep. Yes. Do you want to play this video? Yes. I w- and this, this, well, it didn't trigger me, but I, it reminded me that one time I did get stung on the face by a bee. I, I, so I have suffered. Dude, you want to hear my bee? This, yeah. It's the worst thing you'll ever hear. I went to go see a double feature of Home Alone 2 and Top Gun at the drive-in movie yeah. theater. We get to the movie yeah. theater. I am like running around with my cousins having fun. I'm ready to have a whole night. Um, I stick my finger in like the little speaker thing where the speakers are supposed to go next to the car. Swarm of bees, in there. bees in there. I get stung five plus times on the finger. Um, and... I just passed out in the back of the car. I passed out in the. That's a lot of I stings. passed out in the trunk uh, out of pain, and I missed both Home Alone too. That's brutal. And Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I don't think that um, my stings were taken as seriously as they should have been. No, but I was. No, it was a different I was time. one of many kids, you know. Yeah. Well, this chick knows what's up. Let's hear from her. Is me saying. What she's doing, going and opening up hives with her hair down, wearing dark clothes with exposed skin is dangerous. People don't understand that you can't just look at a bee and know it's Africanized or not Africanized just by the color it is or by what it looks like. You can only tell by actually antagonizing the bees. And she doesn't show herself wearing protective gear when she goes up and, and analyzes the hive. It. This, this woman is instantly more believable. Oh, 100%. Like he, I mean, she has multiple yeah. bee stings on her face. Yes. She shaved her head so she can be amongst the bees. Very sincere. Yeah. First, she shows herself actually removing comb, which her husband has pre-cut for her very courteously. Like, I don't see her using power tools. I don't see her using ladders. Her husband goes in, cuts everything up for her. She lifts it up. She, she I only see her very carefully picking up comb. Um, yeah, when she handles storms, if this were just, well, I'm 100% okay with her showing how docile swarms are, but... The fact is that she goes into removals without wearing any safety gear, wearing black leggings, a black tank top, and a, like a dark blue shirt that's unbuttoned over top and like knotted. And she's setting a very dangerous precedent. She's not wearing any kind of power gear. She's not wearing, you know, uh, thick pants or gaiters or, you know, work boots. She looks really pretty doing it, and that's because it's faked. And mm. I hate to say that mm. because y'all are going to say I'm coming for her, but it's not. Like, the reason I keep my hair short is so bees don't get caught in it. If bees get caught in your hair, they sting. Every female beekeeper I know, they either cut their hair off or they put it up in a ponytail like and scrape it into a bun so that bees don't get tangled in their hair and sting them on the neck. Ooh. So, or mm. face. Heavy. Um, I know what I know. So yeah, you guys can say I have a bad attitude all you want. You can come in the comments and like bitch at me and say that I've, you know, I shouldn't be coming after other women and I'm not supporting her or whatnot. Can I tell you something real no. quick? I'm straight. Yeah. I am very quick to call the 
you know, you hate her because she's doing what you do, but somehow it's more like she just makes it's more aesthetically pleasing or whatever. I'm the first person to be like, you're just hating her because she does it in a prettier way than you. Um, no, like this is all really valid shit. Like the power tools element of it, like based off of what I've seen from her and granted this is in the case of a lot of, a lot of experts, you don't necessarily see the dirty work that goes on behind there, but like it's, she does make it almost seem like if you were to find a swarm of bees, you could just raw dog them with your hands. It's true. It's true. It's a, it sets a bad example. It uh, well, it also people could get killed. It looks too easy. It's like too easy. It's the way that, like you know, uh, David Dobrik thought he could swing his friend around on an excavator on a lake. It's like yeah, because they they make it look like stuntmen make it look cool. Like be professionals yep. make it look cool. This woman has her husband is very smart. They're very smart marketers, and they are growing their business, which we'll talk about the validity of whatever it is they're doing in the next clip. But yeah, um, I don't think this is woman on woman crime. This is no, I don't need, I agree. B crime. I'm straight up calling her out and saying what you do is fake at Texas B works. I see you. We all see you. All of us, female removal specialists. We see you. We know you're faking. Mm, How so do I real. get onto I the that. female removal specialist Facebook? I don't know, but I love that. I love, I love, that I love the terminology. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Cause like, like bee removal is we're at a place now. I think like, you know, back in the eighties, they probably would have just thrown that thing into a just trash bag. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Done. But like now we're at a place where the bee economy is really important and we're aware of that. So we need them. What I didn't realize is that there are varying degrees of important bees and the bees that Texas bee removal is doing is very different. So if you don't mind playing this next one that was posted. Yeah, which well, the last one that your oh, mouse is got on. You. It's not even close to dinner time, Blue. Why are you looking at me? Like so I've decided to share my thoughts. As we've established over the past few videos, honeybees are not native to the U.S. They're agricultural animals that are fine for farms and honey production, but are harmful to native bees and ecosystems. Do I think we should be killing honeybees? No. They can be put to good use on farms, so relocation like Texas Bee Works does is great for that. However, this company claims to preserve, protect, and increase bee populations across Texas without ever mentioning supporting our native bees on their website or TikTok. Does that mean this company doesn't support native bees? Not necessarily, no. But relocating pest hives alone isn't saving the bees. Native bees need our support too. We should be aiming for diverse pollinators to help support our ecosystems and to help pollinate our crops rather than only promoting one species. No, I'm mm. for that. Like, Dadass, uh, where's the indigenous bee narrative? Yes. Yeah. They're so these Texas bee people are double bad because they're 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 faking their bee videos and then they're relocating only not every kind of bee. Listen, I hate to say it, but you know what's chuggy as an aesthetic? 
bees. What? Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. when everyone was putting on their baby announcement, bees. Yeah. Yeah. Bee movie. And listen, like, no, no, no. Bee movie is like its own. I'm saying like bees, like the way that an avocado or someone would dress their baby up like an avocado. Yeah. Bees had like a an aesthetic moment. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Bees had like an aesthetic moment. Sorry, pigeons, like, f- these cats are nuts right now, dude. This mercury yeah. and retrograde and cats, no bueno, yeah. dude. Okay, but listen, mm-hmm. there was, like, an aesthetic movement for bees, and I feel like um, we need to do that more with turtles. Oh, yeah, it's time. The time has come. But not to make them chuggy, but I feel like I feel like what Texas Bee Works is doing is a little chuggy, and I feel like these female uh what is it called um beekeeper oh fe- bee removers removal specialists oh yeah 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 the remo- the female removal mm. specialists are being i mean i saw this the female removal specialist who has stings on her face i saw um a video she posted where she just had an open van and because she wasn't yeah. allowed to drive her van onto her property with the bees in it, so she just kept her right. be- like her bee her van full of bees with be- with on the street, bees buzzing around with the it. window open. Unreal. And there's these like drunk Australians who are there who are like, "Pick the bees up!" They're doing a the whole thing, right? Like she's in her she's in her bee lifestyle, um, and yeah. that's no, she's she's in it. Yeah, she's real with it. She does this so hard that she can't drive her vehicle onto her maintenance or onto her property without creating some sort of violation because of. No, she's authentic. She's inviting an infestation. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think of the bee drama? I'm I'm into it. I totally support. I think this is an important story. I think I hate people that are fake. I hate people that pretend. And I'm glad that these real beekeepers. Female bee removal specialists are calling this out for what it is because it's important for people to know. It is. It is. And like, I think that we all love um, career drama, like niche career drama that's very attractive to us. I mean, Brian, I'm still chasing the dragon. And I think that's what I I think when we see bee drama, that's what we go nuts for. A lot of us are just chasing the dragon of the balloon lady. Uh, who went yeah. crazy on TikTok for charging $600 for a balloon, like Insane. a balloon thing. Like this is a, yeah. yeah, we, the B drama was great. All right, you guys, we're totally. going to wrap it up here. Brian's going to, where are you going? Cabo San Lucas. Oh, hell yeah, dude. What are yeah. you going to, you're going to a resort, like an all-inclusive? Um, no, I think it's like a condo sitch. Oh, dude. Should be pretty nice. Dude, the all inclusive. I want to, I want to get back to the part of my life where my mom was taking me on an all inclusive vacation. Oh, for sure. Drinks all day. All right. You guys have a blessed week. Save the bees. Save the turtles. (laughs) Save Logan Paul. Who knows what happened? He might be dead by the time this airs. God bless. Hope not. I hope not. But can't wait or confirmations of incest question mark like even better yeah. all right you guys have a good week we'll talk to you soon with bye. stories that'll keep you bye. engaged 
on that podcast setting the stage. Tread, tread, tread lightly. And we keeping all of y'all in the know. Oh, yeah. And now we all set to go. Miles and Brian is hosting the show. Thank you for listening to Trend Lightly, a solid listen podcast. If you like the show, subscribe and leave us a review. You can find segments that didn't make it to air as well as ad-free versions of our episodes on patreon.com slash solid listen. Find us on Twitter and Instagram under TrendLightlyPod. Send us submissions and feedback at TrendLightlyPod at gmail.com. And thank you to Why Not Johnsveld and Bradley Sona for our music. We go get us, we trend set us. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new, or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery, following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world, in which viruses are gods, and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Echo meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.